When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter. And today we have a very, very, very special guest. I'm very, very, very excited. Um, we read some emails a little while back um, on our episode with Maria. And these, ep- these emails have kind of been in my heart. And I dream about them at night and wonder what has happened. And our dear friend, Christine Scott, she, has, she is the writer and the submitter and she's the one that has all these problems. And she's here because we have questions. We want to know. I'm just going to bring this up for everyone who might have forgot. She has decided to hold her wedding at a campsite where she and her fiance Jordan first met. Now, the dilemma that she has faced stemmed from her venue's assurance that they could renovate the space to accommodate her 200 and plus guest vision. However, she has yet to see any tangible progress or results on what they have promised with these renovations. Um, so Christine reached out after that episode aired um, and she's got updates, guys, because we had questions. I'm sure you have questions. You're still holding your breath. We're going to let you breathe today. Um, so Christine, thank you so, so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You sound so calm for someone who has so many robust emails. <laughs> it's definitely a facade. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that energy for sure. Christine, tell me more about your love story. What happened there? So we met in high school at this camp that we both worked at. We started dating in college. He proposed at the camp. So like right after that, we were like, we're going to get married here. Like it's an event space to an extent and they can accommodate a lot of people. Well, I invited more than they accommodate now Mm -hmm. because they told me the space would be bigger. Mm -hmm. So now there's a lot of logistics and questions I have Mm. because it's just not the wedding I planned three months ago. It's a completely different wedding now. That part. That part. So what else is going on in your planning process? Like you initially thought like, this is the place, let's make it happen. And like, you're like, we're definitely going to invite this many people. Tell me a little bit more about the initial kickoff before you got into your debacle with the venue. So I chose the venue. They do a charity event every year that I go to. That's beautiful. It's outside. It's got lighting and it's just, it's this beautiful thing and it's 200 people. They do it outside every year. And I took my mom to it and I said, this is what I want. And she was like, okay, let's do it. So we went to the, the people. They were like, yeah, we can do that. Um, just to let you know, there will be a new pavilion. 
and I didn't want a wedding bigger than 150 people. That's the biggest wedding they've ever had there. Mm-hmm. And my parents and his parents and everybody was like, well, you can invite all these people. Why are you, why do you keep complaining that we're inviting too many people? You'll have this beautiful event space. And I was like, I really don't want a big wedding. And then we had the big wedding or we planned the big wedding and I sent out the invitations and all this stuff. And it's not a wedding venue. So they're, the wedding website explains a lot about where people can stay, how to get there. I mean, it's very detailed. Mm-hmm. And so that already went out. And then I was like, Hey, I haven't, like I emailed and say, like, hey, I haven't really seen any updates on the pavilion. Um, what's going on? Have you like finalized anything? And they're like, well, um, hmm. we're hmm. we're still figuring things out. I was like, I work in construction myself. Oh, you do. There you figuring are. Figuring things out <laughs> usually means big problems. <laughs> Let's take it a step back. Where is this wedding? T- like regionally in the world, where is this wedding? South Carolina. Okay. Is it like a farm or is it like close? Is it close to Charleston, Charleston-esque or is it out there in the, in the, pla- in the, it's in the plains. It's in the, the plains. Pl- there we go. That's the word plains. <laughs> okay. So we're out in the plains and when will this wedding take place? It's scheduled for May 11th. So we are seven <gasps> months to the day. May 11th. Today is, I don't know when this recording's coming out, but it is right now. October. We're in October and you've got May. So you've sent out save the dates. Yes. You have a caterer? I I have every vendor. Oh, (laughs) oh, baby. Yeah. Okay. Let's read the email so that everyone can be caught up to speed. And then we're going to bring it back to that part where you just said you called them and they said, we're still figuring things out. And you're like, wait a minute. That's not good news. (laughs) Okay. All right. So Christine's original email read, hey, I'm a huge fan of the Betches Brides podcast. I love you too. And I've been listening nonstop since I got engaged. We chose next May for our date and I booked my wedding venue because the place meant a lot to me and my fiance. It is everything I wanted for many reasons, but it is not a wedding venue. So I'm limited in some capacity such as manpower. They have an outdoor pavilion that is way too small to host a sit down dinner for 220 guests. When I first met with them over a year before the wedding to propose a wedding there, they told me that the current pavilion would be torn down and a new one double the size with bathrooms attached would be absolutely ready for my wedding. Now they're telling me that the project may or may not be postponed and they will keep me in the loop. Wow. I sent out the guest list with an understanding that I would have a building that can hold a max of 250 people, not 150. Save the dates have already gone out with the wedding website attached that gives directions and informs guests about lodging on site. That would have covered half the guest. I'm unsure if I should try to find another venue since I'm 10 months out and guests would still have to maybe find different accommodations. Or do I spend thousands of dollars to tend to space and move the ceremony and make it feel like any other wedding venue. Okay. My first question is when you sign the contract, what did you sign? What's, what were the details that were discussed and written down? So because this isn't a wedding venue, there was no contract. (laughs) I haven't even put money down this, like my groom, like the groom's dad is good friends with the director. Like I just have the date saved. They'll say, pay it. When you have your final guest list. Okay. So like my date is saved. 
but that's it. <laughs> so they're really not liable to like, mm-hmm. everything's kind of like a verbal, like, I love the South sometimes. Everything's kind of <laughs> like, yeah, it's going to be, it's, yeah, we got you, baby. Or we don't. Okay. But also you only wanted 150 guests. Yes. But it's the South and you have a big wedding. And if you don't invite you. everyone, someone's offended. You're too, you're too posh. You're rude. Who yeah. do you think you are not inviting so-and-so? Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's no contract. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But there is space to tent. You don't want a tent. Not particularly because like you're renting this space that already has buildings. I mean, they have two buildings next to each other that could host 150 people in either event space. But they don't hold 250. And I know I'm not inviting 250, but it's a long jump from 150. So if you had stayed with your original guest count, you could easily just hold it. Yes. There. Yeah. So who talked you into? Anyway. Okay. (laughs) You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm right here. Safe space. Mm -hmm. Y'all know I'm all about do what you want to do and stop listening to other people. But here we are, Christine. We're here now. You've invited them. You've sent the save the dates. These people are ready. Talk to me about the accommodations on site that were a thing. Okay, so they still are a thing. So it's a summer camp in the summer. It's a conference space the rest of the year. So I'm renting the entire property. So like my close family and like out-of-town people, we can host on conference side. We'll provide food. There's a whole dining hall. It's a great like conference center. On campsite, the like people that just want to stay one night, there's like not... They're kind of open air cabins, but I mean, it's May. It'll be cool. You can stay one night if you need to. No problem. So about half the people will probably end up staying the night. Okay. That part's fine. That part's great. No one has to get hotels. So tell me about the pavilion they were going to knock down and build again. So they have like, it's like a screened in kind of with like big openings covered pavilion. Mm-hmm. that you can have a bar and it has a sound system. It, they host events in it all the time. But it's very narrow in the sense of like a wedding space. And it's just not big enough. But then there's there's like the main hall also that I didn't want to use, which we're kind of probably going to use now, that has, you know, bathrooms and it's it's closed in and it could probably also hold 150 people. But not the 200 plus. Right. Okay. They're right next to each other, though. They're like 10 feet apart. So you could just hop across from one to the other. That's the scheduling part I don't understand because I'm like, well, we'll just do cocktail hour. Then we'll do dinner. Then we'll do dancing. It kind of feels like herding cows. Because it you're will like be. From this space to this space to this space. Especially that many bodies. That's a lot yeah. of, of movement back and forth. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. 
No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. What was your initial vision when, so you, you saw the string lights outside and the whole thing. Talk to me about that initial thing. So, cause I have too many people, the outdoor chapel is too small. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we were like, okay, we'll do the ceremony in the field. That is, everybody does that at weddings. Completely normal. Just get married under a tree in the field. Okay. Well now you can't eat in the field. So the big pavilion like I envisioned like stations for dinner and people would be moving around. It, it wouldn't be very like regimented, you know, like you just think, okay, we're eating at this time. There's dancing over here. Cause no one likes to just sit down for an hour. No one does. I don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was going to be kind of free flowing and I've already picked my menu that has stations. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you're now confining this into a smaller space, so it's just not as free-flowing. People can't exactly do what they want. It'll be like, you are doing this now, because this is what the building allows. You can, I guess, do food and ceremony in the same field, but it would just all be in the same field in the middle. (sighs) The field isn't big enough to have... Like, can you move throughout the pavilions, like... Dinner in one, dancing mm-hmm. in another, like dancing in bar in another, dinner in one, ceremony yeah. and cocktails in the fields. You could. How would that look without like just saying you're eating dinner now, now you're dancing? Mm. Since you're not having a true seated dinner and there's no place that actually can sit 200 people. You can. Like, you could seat people completely in one, but that's all you're doing. You are eating dinner. You can't dance in that room, too. You have to dance in another room. Yeah. Yes. I know that you just built stations, and you can still do this, but I think you have everyone sit down for dinner, and you have to have everyone sit for the hour and a half, which is usually what we allot for dinner time. Okay. You do your toast, and then you walk over and you go cut cake and dance in the other pavilion. Yeah. I know it's not ideal. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) Who talked you into these 250? You need to find them. My parents. (laughs) Oh, never mind. (laughs) We wouldn't be in this predicament if you had stuck with your heart, not having a big wedding. And there's no way that this brand new pavilion is going to be built in time. I think like two weeks ago, they said we're officially not doing it until the following year. What did you say to them? Well, I, 
so they kind of were like, now you can start planning, like really planning. I was like, I've kind of already acted as if this isn't happening. I mean, you can't say anything because it's their building that they're building. Like, I don't have any contractual agreement that it would be there. Do you think now you want a contract? I don't know how that would help me at this point, but I do recommend for other brides to have a contract so they're not in the same boat. Nothing's real unless you have a contract. Right. And I, it, they kind of do, because it's not, they don't really do weddings. They've done a couple. Yeah. So they were kind of like, well, you know, you can come whenever you want. You can go through our decorations. I mean, I literally can go, I can call them and be like, I'm on my way. And they go, okay, cool. That I have full access. There's pros and cons to having this type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And you're experiencing more of the con on this. Okay. So takeaways from this conversation, what are your actions? What are you feeling you're going to execute for the day? I'm kind of running between two of eating outside and just having like this big open air event and figuring out a schedule to put it in two buildings. Because if it rains, there is no outside. Yes. And it's May, so it'll be nice. I love alfresco dining. I think you should just set up the whole thing outside if you can. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going because that was kind of my whole inspiration was the charity event they do that's outside. Do it all outside and then if you need to, well, it's really just the dancing and the power needs and dancing outside on grass isn't as fun. And I think sometimes just putting a random dance floor just looks weird unless you tent. So moving inside for dancing true dancing at a later time if that's your crew I that's what I would suggest but I love keeping ceremony can be in one fraction of the space move it over to a little cocktail hour with some high boy tables and a bar and then have the main dining space clearly identified so people know what's what so you would say like go into the pavilion for dancing because it's a concrete floor like after you eat, be like, hey, music's coming from this. And you would mm-hmm. still hear it outside of that because it's not closed in. Okay. Like if you want to eat, food's out here. If you want to get down, bar and dancing is in there. Okay. We might try that. Give it a shot. You said it's close. Yeah, it's all <laughs> like right there. Right so there. Trying to yeah. figure it out. Yeah, but I think you still need to, because people are going to eat for a bit, even if they're just milling about and just talking. It's like you can kill the cocktail hour and really just go ceremony, food, like just we've gotten married, now go eat and drink and fellowship. And you can stagger even the types of food that are happening during that time. Like if you want, because are you taking pictures after your ceremony or prior to? A little bit of both. Okay. So I would say, like, it. do you have cocktail hour food? We do. I mean, I can get rid of them. They're not, like, I'm not married to them. No, I, I would say keep it, but have the – you can keep all the f- dining in the same thing, but have cocktail hour food running while you're taking pictures. And then okay. once you're done with photos and you come back, then it's, like, th- maybe do a welcome speech, thank everyone for coming, maybe do a, a subtle just general toast, welcome – kind of deal. And then food stations will open at that point. And then people can start grazing, milling about, eating, doing their thing. And then when you're feeling the vibe, be like, all right, we're about to go do our first dance inside. And then go do first dance inside. And that will 
people always follow whatever you do. So if you stay down there and eat with them, they're going to eat down there with you. If you move into that pavilion, they're going to hurt. You You are their, their fearless leader. You are the shepherd to your little goats or sheep or whatever it is. So they will literally follow you. But the people who want to talk and fellowship, they will probably stay outside. But the moment you and Jordan go inside to start dancing, everyone will follow. Okay. You're the party. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next email. Because, Christine, you had such good ones. Like, girl, I was like, who is – I thought they were different people. But the fact that they're the same person, I'm like, woo! All right. So this email reads, I'm having the big Southern wedding with 200-plus people, but not at a wedding venue. I haven't seen a lot of conversation about the big wedding that's starting from scratch. I see a lot of gray areas in layout and schedule and what I have to bring in versus what the venue has. I think an episode on not having the traditional wedding that comes with the coordinator and tables would be really helpful for me and other brides. Oh, my sweet dear here. These are these are my favorite. My favorite weddings are on actual functioning farms that have nothing that are not even a wedding venue. They don't, sometimes we have to pave roads specifically for the event. Favorite, love. So I'm, I'm your girl. We got this. When you took the leap to say, I'm going to get married here, what was the first like, huh, hurdle that came your way? Hmm. Um, Other than this obvious one. <laughs> before those. They have enough seating for 200 people, but only once. And you have to have seating for the ceremony and eating. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so now I need to bust in chairs. Well, now we're down some dirt road in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Who's going to give me chairs? <laughs> I mean, I had people charging me like $500 just to get them there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, your, your business is 20 minutes down the road. It's not $500. <laughs> there's things that like okay they'll put the tables and chairs where I want them but they don't do the decor okay so it's like well, what do they have what do I need is there power to this how much mm. how many electrical outlets do, am I going to need to have lighting I'm literally figuring every little thing out as it comes up I commend you because this is I was like I do this for a living and I would never suggest anyone do this without a supervisor, but you're in construction, which is great. And the fact that you know that you need power. <laughs> I plan for a living. So and I was like, you're, you're good. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
I would say generally the first thing I do when I'm working at a venue that's a little like non-traditional, if you will, I Google Earth the space and identify exactly where everything is going for the guest experience. And then the next step is to create your back of house. And what I mean back of house is what actually makes the venue run. So where's my power coming from? Where's my water source? Where is storage for the stuff that we may not use? And also where does the kitchen go? And can the kitchen be built in a place where it looks pretty? Or is there a kitchen on site that they can use? And is it functioning or do I need to bring in other things? So that's like step one. Where are you in your back of house process? Um, so they do have an industrial kitchen because, I mean, they're used to serving a bunch of kids during the summer, okay. right? And <laughs> I went, like, early on in the process. I was like, give me every vendor you use for every charity event, uh, every yes. everything you host here. I want to know who works here and knows the facility because that was, like, step one for me. Yes. I've only picked from that list. So, like, I went with a turnkey caterer who already knows how to use the kitchen. Yes. Um, now, the size of the back of house is going to determine if we're using the building the kitchen is in or not. Because I don't know if it's going to be held to just the kitchen or if we're, u- if we're not using that building, they can just kind of throw stuff in that building. They can come mm. out with the food and just keep the door shut. The one thing I really have to decide is which way we're playing that. Okay. And then next step is usually like for me, it's sound and lighting. So thinking about the time of the event, when will the lights, when will sun kind of no longer be useful for me if I'm (laughs) strictly outside bathrooms? I'm assuming if we need to rent bathroom trailers, kind of creating them in a place so that they're useful to guests to access them at any, like they can access them easily from ceremony, cocktails, and dinner. So placing them on our kind of overview of this Google Earth image, which I literally screenshot, I put in Canva, and then I start writing over it like, this goes here, this goes there. Guest flow is here. I draw arrows and I make it like super idiot proof for all the vendors. So I send to them saying, I want the bathrooms here. I want power to run from here. Load in is here and drop off is here. This is where the tables will be set up. This is where everything goes. Send it to them. And then usually that's when you start getting, I can do this. I can't do this. This is how much it's going to cost you if you want this plan to happen. But having that clear like initial vibe map of like, can this happen? And they say yes or no or yes and. Thoughts there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That actually would be really helpful to do. I mean, so there is like a, bathhouse which is like bathroom stalls yeah kind of behind the pavilion so it would be kind of it's not a direct walk from the ceremony but people can easily get to it okay and i can't move it that's (laughs) as long as you have bathrooms you're ahead of the game yeah there's there are bathrooms (laughs) i don't know where people are gonna like bring stuff in i'm just kind of because like i have to literally give directions to every guest member about how to just get to the ceremony so I, I do need to kind of do that with my vendors too. Yeah. Directional signage in spaces like this is something I say is definitely worth the investment. And when I say directional signage, it's, and I'm sure you've are, you already know, but 
tons of things with arrows saying ceremony this way, dinner this way, bathrooms up here. But Mm -hmm. having this map um, is really helpful because you're able to create the arrows in advance about which ways you're going to need them to go and how you're going to position them because you're going to need a few types of directional signage. But you're in it. Yeah, I'm going for it. Sound. How's the sound? So they already have like a sound booth in the pavilion. Like that's part of it, which is one of the beauties of this place. We have a couple DJs from their list. I haven't really picked one, but they're all available for our date. Good. So they're familiar with it and they can bring, you know, extra equipment. All the stuff. The sound is just to like play music over the speakers. It's not really like a DJ setup. So they'll bring the rest of the stuff. And the ceremony sound? Uh, Live music. Okay. But what about when you're speaking your vows and everything? Because you're going to need to amplify for 200 people. Mm, I haven't thought about that. Okay. No worries. For that many bodies, you could try and do it, but the people in the back would not be able to hear. If that's okay with you, that's cool. But I would definitely suggest a sound, just a set of two speakers that can sit in the back a, a six foot table and just be easy yeah. with it. Put the mixing board on there. You can have live amplified music, but it's really just the mics that you'll need for ceremony and thinking out loud to cocktail hour, assuming you're just going to have live, live music for that portion as well. We were into the DJ for that just to play background music. I feel like people don't pay attention to it as much during cocktail. Hour. They don't. They don't. Yeah. But I was like, usually if I get live music for the ceremony, I'm just like, can y'all just stay on and do the cocktail hour too and just yeah. just lock and load? And the reason I say that is sometimes if when you have it in three different sections, usually that means I I usually like to have three different setups of sound. So I like to have a setup for the ceremony sound. I like to then have a sound for cocktail hour and a setup are the music's already ready to go in your reception. So that way the DJ only has to pull his laptop or disconnect a mic and run because transitioning and breaking down speakers to build them up in another space. Sometimes you just really don't have that luxury. So it's like, Mm -hmm. just go ahead and invest in setups so that the sound is able to plug and play. And even for cocktail hour, if you wanted to play a playlist, I think that even works. So that way the DJ can probably disassemble sound from ceremony plug in a playlist and use, you know, move one speaker into the reception space. If you're, if you need to play around with one setup and disassemble it and break it down. But I would say work with him and say, this is my overview of space. I need sound in these different spaces. Mm -hmm. I also need lighting in, well, you're only going to need lighting in the pavilion because you won't need it. It'll still Uh, be light during dinner. For the most part. Yeah. Cause Sunset's about eight o'clock and we'll be eating about seven. So you'll get kind of sunset ish starting when we're eating. Okay. And then once it gets dark, people know to go inside. Yeah. The light's over there. <laughs> Follow <me. laughs> um, Lighting your path too, as far as are you moving guests? Tra- are you transporting guests to and from the venue? Um, for the, so I'm going to have people that live nearby just kind of drive to the venue and you can walk from where parking is to the ceremony with no problem. We'll do a little bit of transportation from people from conference side because it's a bit of a walk, especially if you're in heels. Okay. So the people that are staying on 
the conference side of the property will need to be transported to the ceremony. Okay. That brings me to staffing because you mentioned like rentals, deliveries, and even just bathrooms. The caterer is turnkey, but usually when we're working at a facility like this, I have to think about a parking attendant sometimes to help people park the right way so they're not just all over the place. And also an attendant for bathrooms just to keep the bathrooms refreshed unless the venue provides that. And (laughs) And I also always get people who can lift tables, chairs, move them. I need you to move 20 tables that way. Thank you. (laughs) So they're helpful because last minute things happen. And like you're saying, sometimes your rental company will come and they won't really set it up the way you want it. They'll just come drop the tables off and then their bus is out. And you're like, I don't need them here. I need them over there. And also I always order two sets of chairs. So ceremony chairs and then chairs for reception, or you can have people stay on and staff to move them. Where are you and your staffing rentals built out right now? I'm trying to get only people that are turnkey that like they handle their thing and I can come in and deal with it. Also, (laughs) they all have to show up at least a day prior. That is my other thing is I will not rent from you if I cannot have it in the space the day before and arrange it if I think it's wrong. Good job. Yes. You might become um, a wedding planner after this. <laughs> I see it for you. Mm-hmm. I don't have <laughs> parking or bathroom attendant, but I might think about that because it's like you said, people are going to kind of put their car where they want to and they might block a bunch of oh, spots. Yeah. But the, for the most part, since I have access the week before to the venue, because nothing goes on during the week. I'm anything that needs to be done. The venue will put the tables where I want. And for the most part, the chairs they have. Mm -hmm. And then everything else I'm shipping in comes in Thursday or Friday before the wedding. So Friday night, it'll, everything should be where it should needs to be. Yes. And the day of coordinator can fix anything that's like just gone. That's been messed up. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) With outdoor spaces, I also say consider tarps just because you never know what dew or mist or anything does kind of in the night and always have tons and tons of towels, especially just to wipe down chairs, wipe down tabletops. Mm -hmm. Generally, I have conversations with caterers about I'm expecting you to drop the linens, drop the napkins, set the table with plates and glassware and all this other accoutrement. But also Mm -hmm. I'm holding them responsible for placing the order for all the rentals. I've put everything in their name. Love. Like, great. deal with it. Make sure it's the right count. If anything's missing, it's on you. It's not on me. hmm Yeah. And you know the right size of linens because the, the way the size of a table and the size of a linen do not make sense still to me 10 years later. There we are. So <laughs> it's like, what is around 108 by 90? Whatever it is, they order it. I want the color to be blue. That's it. Yeah. What other things have you learned since doing a wedding at a non-turnkey venue? So a bartender works behind a bar. They do. A caterer only touches the food. They do. So who pours the wine in the wine glass at dinner? Staffing. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a hole I'm having to fill that I was like, what are you talking about? There's wine. They're like, well, we only touch the food. We don't have a liquor license. And I was like, okay. And the bar staff is like, well, we, we got to clean up the bar before you come back after cocktail hour. Okay. Someone has to fill the wine glass at dinner. That part. Yeah. So in a perfect world, you would love a caterer that has a bar service built in so that that way they can manage food and beverage. For the most part, I would agree with that. But I have <laughs> hand-selected my bartenders from my favorite restaurant. I am like making, we're making a um, a peach bourbon smash that like my uncle is has sitting in his garage right now fermenting. Like, wow. We have, we have homemade wine from family friends. We've had to piece the bar together because we have so many specialty pieces. Okay. That I couldn't have the caterer also do the bar because they're turnkey everything. They don't piece together pieces. Okay. Then I would just hire third-party staff to help bar and to help food service. Generally, I have one to two staff per table to replenish wine and to bust to make sure everything's always clean and there's no miscellaneous foolishness. So sometimes I, I have to hire the third-party staff and it's okay, but I love it when the bartending people can just make that, like add that to my invoice, add the additional staff that you need so that you can serve wine and water to the tables. Okay. Call three more homies <laughs> and have them show up and pour this wine on these tables. Because you only need to pour it for like an hour and a half. I only need staff. Like, can you add yeah. two other people to just... Bring it, bring it on home. Put it on the vendor so that you don't have to find another vendor. Right. And think about loadout too. Yeah. I'm, I'm paying the extra to have anyone who brought stuff in to take it back. Take it back, yeah. Where it is. Like, I know it's an extra cost, but you take it where it is. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. make sure you don't have to break down and move it somewhere. Because sometimes they're like, it needs to be covered like a- after the event. Make sure you're, when you break down the tables at night, you're stacking them right where they are. You're not having to move them in the pavilion. Yeah. Just flagging that. We're going to get to another email. All right, here we go. So I met my fiance at camp we grew up going to. He proposed at the same camp, so it didn't take much thought to decide to get married there. The problem I'm having is I've had to say more than once to people that this is a more formal event. I understand this is a summer camp with screened in porches, but I'm envisioning people in their best surrounded by a million candles. How do I make it clear this isn't a sundress and tacos event? All right, Christine, talk to me about the normal aesthetic of your venue and what people know it to be. So a lot of our uh, guests have been to the camp they might have worked there. They've gone to something going on there. So, like, they imagine flowy clothes, just very light and breezy, you know, kids running around with sunscreen on their face. Like, that's the vibe it is on a normal basis. Mm-hmm. And I told my family I'm getting married there. And my aunt goes, oh, I have the perfect sundress to wear to your wedding. And I was like, um, I kind of wanted something nicer than what kids wear when they're in the dining hall. (laughs) So I did take your suggestion from the last episode that you answered my question. I have put it like crystal clear on the website. There is a like 
suggestions and if you have any questions please let me know like this is what you can wear (laughs) (laughs) I like this yeah have you had any response or feedback I've kind of seen like people go oh really I didn't think that's what we were gonna do and I was yeah but I mean no one's been like angry about it they just didn't think that's the vision I had Mm. Yeah. Do you think your correspondence and your invitations have given, have alluded to the formality of the event? Well, I know you haven't sent invitations. You've sent save the dates. Right. Save the dates. I mean, those are kind of so ambiguous. It's hard to tell. Yeah. So I don't blame people for not really understanding from that. My invitations are very formal. Like they're the three piece, like two envelopes. I mean, I haven't sent them yet because obviously we're only seven months out. Yeah. But I'm prepared to like have a really nice invitation. Well, talk to me about the attire. Is it formal or is it cocktail or what are you defining it? I would go more cocktail because obviously high heels and long dresses just don't go in grass. I'm aware of that. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't want shorts and sandals either. So cocktail, I feel like it's a good upscale without being too flashy. That part. Mm All right. And you've given them the clear directive on the website, mm-hmm. and now they have their marching orders, and they know which way to go. I feel like when they show up to it, won't feel like a barbecue. It's going to be like very glamorous. Yeah, you've got people serving them and people pouring them wine at their tables. Like I think yeah. <laughs> this isn't camp, guys. This is my wedding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if you could do it all over again, what would you do? I don't think I would change the venue. It's very personal to who we are and anywhere else would just feel like a wedding venue, but I would stand a little stronger in the smaller wedding department. Mm. Really listen to what you want and don't let people tell you what to do. I think that's beautiful. And I would agree. Lessons learned. And you've been a great example for a lot of people listening. And I want to commend you for doing something that you maybe don't really know how to do, but you get, you're giving it your all. You're asking the right questions and you're leaning on the venue and you're leaning on your vendors, your creative partners to be like, how are we going to make this work? And you're emailing us and this is helpful. So you have been my wedding planner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love you too. These are my favorite. I wish I could be there. I was like, girl, I would come down there and whip these Whip this right in the shape. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is great. You're gonna you're gonna be just fine. You're gonna be just no, fine. I'm, if it pours down rain, oh well. No, it won't. Mm-mm. We don't say the R word. It's funny. I don't even check the weather. I stopped doing that. I just pray a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you actually do need to come up with a rain plan that you like. Just flagging that. Yeah. I think that's where I like my stresses come is like if it rains then what do we do (laughs) last thing I would say is have a really robust vendor meeting in person where everyone comes on site um, and gets to know each other because that also makes when the team is also they know each other and some of them Mm -hmm. probably already do I find that really is helpful to executing a beautiful wedding day when your team is really aligned um and they know you and they know the mission is to make you and Jordan happy. <laughs> I, hopefully it'll go a little smoother from here on out. 
I think you I think you've gotten over your biggest hurdle with this venue. Yeah. <laughs> you might got a plan, Stan. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Betches Brides. We all want to follow you now. We all want to know exactly what's happening. You're going to have to create an Instagram or a TikTok just for your wedding. Where can people follow you? On Instagram, I am at C-O-O-I-K-20. Follow the show at Betches Brides on Instagram. You can follow me at Fallon Carter Events. Please be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Until death do us part. Betches.